0: Beware the Redwood Bureau, a secret organization which captures and researches creatures and objects that defy explanation. Their reckless procedures have led to countless innocent lives lost. I am Agent Conroy. I worked for the Redwood Bureau, but I have escaped them to leak their reports to the unsuspecting public. You have the right to know. Redwood Bureau Phenomenon 0072.
1: Strays. RBP report
0: 0072 initiated. This report came to us from a panicked man with an oddly intense fear of cats and ramblings about his missing wife. One of the strangest reports we received while I was with Redwood. As it turned out, the man had good reason to feel frightened of a certain kind of feline. Cat-like entities the Bureau calls, strays. Despite researchers' best efforts, they are still indistinguishable from normal domestic cats until the terror begins. After driving two agents to madness, the Bureau placed the strays at threat level lethal, which is reserved for entities that might cause localized damage, chaos, or death. Who knows, maybe that cat allergy of yours has kept you alive and sane. If you let in these strays, your life might never be the same. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: My wife is a cat person. She always has been. And Ebenezer's absence hadn't changed that one bit. She'd had him when we first met a shelter rescue with a litter box output that would have put a Shetland pony to shame. Abby had often told me that Eb had seen her through her darkest and loneliest days in grad school and I joked that if it came down to a choice between me and Ebenezer, I'd just pack up my things and go. Five years on, and we'd moved in together, married, moved away, and were even batting around the idea of starting a family. But somewhere along the way, we'd lost Ebenezer. There were movers in and out for at least two days, and he could have easily slipped out at some point. There was no time to put up posters, Missing Tabby answers to the name Ebenezer. loves sleeping on warm laundry, laptops, and my side of the bed. Our new house and jobs were waiting. Abby fell into a depression that had lasted for months. (laughs) Honestly, I've seen people lose members of their immediate family and not grieve it that intensely. (laughs) I couldn't help but feel a bit guilty. When lockdown hit, and our lives became a series of Zoom meetings with little stimulus from the outside world intruding, Abby's thoughts turned to the cat-shaped hole in her life. As we sat on the couch watching the evening news, I would catch her looking at pet adoption sites on her phone, muttering at various candidates,
2: Who's a pretty mister?
1: On the day he arrived, a cold rain had started as I finished my last meeting, and I felt the chill start to creep up my bare feet and settle into my bones. I rubbed my eyes and slid my headphones off. (sighs) And even as I heard the patter of raindrops laying themselves flat against my window, I could make out a repetitive popping inside my otherwise quiet house. Abby? I called out, walking into the hallway and sticking my head into her office. The chair was empty, her screen glowing brightly onto no one.
2: Come here, mister.
1: I found her crouching down and snapping her fingers by our front door, swung open wide and exposing us to the NorCal elements.
2: Come here, mister.
1: I came up alongside her and peered out into the gray wall of rain that had descended from the heavens and saw what I first thought was a small black dog. That is, until it turned to look at us and I saw the whiskers and green almond-shaped eyes. It was a massive cat that would have put a Maine Coon to shame, with a splash of white across its chest, staring back at us. It let out a pathetic mule before it sprinted across the street. Soaking wet and cold, it dashed up my wife's outstretched arms. I tried to raise a nominal resistance to this, citing fear about rabies or, God forbid, fleas. Honestly, I knew it was a lost cause. The look on Abby's face when she cuddled that stray told me as much. What are you going to call him? Mr. Tom, she said, as though the answer was the most obvious thing in the world. That's an old lady name for a cat if I ever heard one.
2: Funny you should say that.
1: A look of mild irritation passed over her face.
2: My grandma used to tell me this story when I was little about this man who sees nine cats carrying a coffin with a crown carved in it. One of the cats speaks to him. Tell Mr. Tom that Mr. Tim is dead.
1: She was stroking the cat as she rummaged through the fridge looking for something to feed the beast. I was impressed she was still holding him up, quite frankly.
2: The man runs home to
1: tell his wife and their cat. Totally normal thing to do. The cat, named Mr. Tom, exclaims,
2: Then I'm the king of the cats, and climbs up the chimney, never to be seen again. And this guy, this big boy, is clearly royalty. <laughs>
1: She giggled with glee at the very idea. She set him down on the floor and began to plop some of the chicken I'd made the night before onto it. Seriously? I brined that. It's a meal fit for a king then, isn't it? The giant feline dove in headfirst, making a hearty whirring sound as it tore into my gourmet roast chicken. Like some kind of greedy vacuum. We'll get him some regular cat food tomorrow. <sighs> With a resigned sigh, I realized that our guest was here to stay. Hey, Tom. I cooed and bent down to stroke him. I was rewarded by a guttural whine and a swipe from its paw that I could feel the breeze from. I leapt back, snatching my hand away.
2: It's Mr. Tom.
1: My wife of five years said, with a hint of amused reproach in her voice. She patted and soothed the cat as though it had been the one attacked. She adopted a sing-song baby-talk voice.
2: Hush, Mr. Tom, that's just Bill. We love him, don't we?
1: Within days, Abby had flexed her evening wine-fueled Amazon Prime shopping expertise, and my workday became a series of trips to the front door, collecting everything from scratching posts to bags of kitty litter. The most recent arrival at 5am was a 15-pound bag of Evo cat food. I stumbled down the stairs, grumbling after another night of poor sleep. Ever since we'd taken him to the vet for shots, grooming, and to check if he was chipped, no such luck, Abby had insisted that he slept with us. This meant that if I even let a toe roll over to what he considered his side of the bed, I was rewarded with a throaty warning growl. And we were treated to a regular gymnastics show at anywhere from two to four in the morning. None of this seemed to bother my wife much, or at all really. I hefted the huge bag that had been deposited on my welcome mat, only for it to reveal the splayed body of a headless scrub jay behind it. (gasps) The bird's wings were spread out wide as though it might take flight at any moment, and its innards had been dragged from its abdomen and drawn behind it like a tail. I turned back into the house, shifting the weight of the bag in my hands so I could kick the door shut behind me. Tom was seated at the foot of our stairs, his tail twitching agitatedly against the Spanish tile floor, and his chest was puffed out for the world to see. That one of yours, you psycho? The cat tilted its head as if acknowledging the question, but didn't seem to be inclined to provide an answer. I'd found a dozen or more scenes like that since he'd moved in, with as many as ten birds or mice at a time strewn across the patio walk. Abby insisted that Tom be an inside cat, and was extremely diligent about keeping him away from the great outdoors from which he'd come. So how he was getting out for his little hunting excursions was a mystery. I tried blinking my eyes slowly at him, something our vet had recommended to show affection.
0: Try narrowing your eyes, like you do when you really smile, you know? Then close your eyes for a couple of seconds. I guarantee, a few tries and he'll do it back.
1: The gesture was supposed to convey a level of trust, something like that, But Tom had never once reacted in any other way than to just stare at me with his alien, elongated pupils. But that day, I thought he'd narrowed his gaze, and with a flutter of frankly embarrassed excitement, I closed my eyes for a moment. When I opened them, he was gone. My enemy was quick. But worse, my enemy was almost totally silent. My life had become a series of attacks in the day after old Tom's arrival. His climbing skills were honed to a razor's edge by his days of roaming free. Tom quickly proved that he could scale anything in the house. Bookshelves, bureaus, and filing cabinets were all fair game for his efforts, and the perches they provided were for him and him alone. Knickknacks, trinkets, and bric-a-brac were all knocked aside by claw and tail to make room. More than once we'd been seated in the living room when a paperback or a trivial pursuit box would fall on top of our heads, causing Abby and me to have to dive apart and breaking her up into fits of laughter. (laughs) To her everything that cat did was just the cutest thing she'd ever seen. Other times, when I was alone, he would wait until I looked his way. Then certain that he had my full attention, he'd steadily nudge an object to the edge until it came crashing down. Pictures of me in my uniform, my mother's paintings, it was all fodder for old Tom. But when he deliberately knocked over one of Abby's scented candles, nay, one of her lit scented candles to the floor, I decided to clear away any flat surface of clutter. That's when Tom stepped up his campaign. He began hiding under chairs, behind boxes, and occasionally leaping from one of the many staging areas I myself had cleared for him. I would be passing by, going about my day, or perhaps heading down to the kitchen for a quick caffeine pick-me-up and a handful of almonds to get me through another Zoom meeting, and suddenly there would be a sharp and sudden burning sensation on an ankle or shoulder. When I'd turn to defend myself, the wet red welt already beginning to itch, I'd be rewarded with the sight of a black streak disappearing to one of its many hiding places to plan its next assault. My enemy was quick, and worse. My enemy was also totally silent. He'd gone after Abby a few times, as she dangled string or ribbons for him to tear apart with his articulated claws. Our vet had suggested that he needed a bit more playtime, that his acting out was merely from an abundance of energy. For a moment or two, he'd seem content, and then something in his predator's nature would take over, and he'd tear a piece of flesh loose from her delicate hands. Once, while she was spooning his wet food out, he delivered a wicked-looking bite to her left hand. It quickly crusted over with an angry-looking series of scabs that formed a half-moon shape. As with all of Tom's transgressions, Abby laughed it off and said simply,
2: He's only playing.
1: One afternoon, my phone let out that little persistent beep that reminded me my next teleconference was starting, and I sprinted upstairs to my office. Juliet, my supervisor, gave me a wry nod as I dashed into frame. I nodded back at the screen with its various squares of co-workers already discussing regional status updates, project milestones, and third quarter goals. As I sat down, an ungodly yowl that was slightly less pleasant than fingernails across a chalkboard filled the air and I yelped as a dozen or so lacerations were made through my t-shirt. The papers in my hands went flying into the air. I cursed in front of several co-workers and VPs, and as Abby entered the room, old Mr. Tom shot into her protective arms. She angrily demanded to know what I'd done to him, all while assuring the cat that everything would be all right. Most of the team watching this live comedy of errors didn't even try to hide their laughter. Unfortunately, I wasn't muted. But all of that, as bad and as irritating as it was, I admit was pretty standard. More intense than the usual run-of-the-mill cat adoption story certainly, but just a ramped up version of what I'd gone through with Ebb when I'd moved into Abby's place all those years ago. The part that was unbearable was the nighttime. For as quiet as Tom was during the day while carrying out his campaign of guerrilla warfare, he became a chatterbox as soon as we laid down for the evening. His greatest hits? mewling, yowling, meowing, and the occasional deep rumbling purr were all trotted out. The worst, however, was the crying. It would normally come just after a long lull, a period of silence so long that my brain and body were convinced that he'd given up for the evening and decided to let me sleep.
2: This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the roaring 20s. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
1: I almost never recalled my dreams in the light of day, but half a dozen times in the last week, I'd woken up with my heart racing and my breath hitching in my throat, and there would be snippets of dread. There was always movement, but in the logic of dreams, the mode of it changed as freely as water running down a hillside. First, I was walking, carpet and tile under my soft feet. Then I was in something, being carried somewhere. A car, maybe. The world outside moving smoothly and easily around me. Then I was running, chasing after a departing light in the cold air as rocks and bark dug into my hands and feet before I was left alone in the blackness. Well, not alone. Something loomed up behind me. All hot breath and a smell that was equal parts musk and blood. I ran. I ran until my hips and shoulders felt they were going to blow out and unspool from my bones. But the end was never in doubt. The thing fell on me, and teeth sank into my haunches. And as my screams echoed around the forest for no one to hear, I wondered why they'd left me. Ah! My eyes fluttered open, and I started to take in the dim world around me. I would have sworn I could see, I could feel, Mr. Tom sitting on my chest unperturbed by my thrashing and his eyes glowing as they gazed directly into mine. The next moment, he was gone. I lay there panting, still feeling a remnant of that phantom pressure against my sternum. Slowly, my pulse slowed, and my breathing returned to something close to its normal rate. Then I became aware of a sound, a noise closer to a human infant in pain than anything I'd ever heard a cat make. I crept out into the hallway as my mind cobbled together the insane image of squealing newborns abandoned in my backyard, all crying out for their lost family. The muffled sound seemed to be coming from Abby's office. The light was visible under her door, and as I creaked it open, the squalling rushed out to greet my ears, pouring in through her open window. Abby was seated in her office chair, her back towards me, her hand languidly stroking something in her lap. She seemed to be taking in the cacophony like she was listening to a symphony, her head bobbing and swaying to its rhythms. Mr. Tom's tail dangled from the chair, flicking lazily like a conductor's baton. I approached them slowly, but a single squeak from the floorboards elicited a tiny, meow, from Tom, and the noise from the outside suddenly ceased. Abby turned around slowly, a placid expression resting on her face. Two pairs of eyes considered me in the dim light and I felt small. There was a pang of a biological sensation, pure fear in my gut. Then she smiled at me, just a hint, a wisp of the one I'd fallen in love with. She held out her hand, the one not petting Tom, and I took it. The cat slid off her lap, landing with a mild thump, and languidly wrapped himself around my ankles. It took my attention for a moment, and I was about to shoo him away when Abby asked,
2: Where's my cat?
1: I knew that she didn't mean Tom. Tom had never been her cat. Suddenly, Abby leapt from her chair, flinging herself at me with agility I'd never known from her. Her free hand lashed out at me, her fingernails raking deep into the flesh of my face. I reeled back, stunned by the ferocity. I felt Tom's form under my feet, and I was knocked off balance. Abby drove her shoulder into my chest as though she were aiming for the wall behind me. The force her tiny frame managed to generate was enormous, and I was lifted off my feet. The back of my skull cracked against her door. The world shuddered around me, making itself known only in flashes as I slid the rest of the way down to the floor. Claws clicked across wood and Tom mounted my prone form. I felt each of his articulated claws finding painful purchase in new patches of flesh as he strode up me. The sting of his progress brought me back to a full enough consciousness that I tried to rise, only to be driven back down. My eyes flew fully open as Abby lifted her other foot from the floor, putting her full weight on my rib cage. The last of my oxygen left my lungs and my body revolted in panic. My lungs heaved and tried to force some oxygen back in, but there was none to be had. Abby held herself there, crouched on all fours as though ready to pounce again at any moment, her newly green eyes flashing in what light there was. There was no love, no hate.
0: There was only the weight of her body, drawing the world down to a darkening iris. Until I passed out completely. (laughs)
1: I woke up an hour or so ago. Alone. Well, not exactly alone. There are dozens of them out there. No, there are hundreds of cats, strewn across every square inch of the backyard. Short hairs, bobtails, and Russian blues. Moving among them like lords among the rabble are a few big bastards. Nine of them, to be exact, with the same midnight black coats as Tom. They're all staring up this way, at the office, at me. One of them has some kind of... Rat, maybe, in its mouth. The poor thing's limbs were flailing while the cat slowly crunched down on its skull. I will never forget the cracking sound. The squealing. That just a moment I could hear it over the feline wailing. It never broke eye contact with me while it ate the corpse. I can see shadows under the door now, and I know they're inside the house. Tiny shadows slinking back and forth, waiting for me to try and make it out that way. Occasionally, one or more of them will pause, and I can hear them scratching, slowly making their way inside. I didn't plan it, you know. It was almost an accident, really. It was just too easy. A quick little car ride, and then that was just one less thing to worry about moving. Cats can live 18 years, and I've just never been a cat person.
0: The phenomenon 0072, called Mr. Tom, had been contained by Redwood Bureau's Great Lakes Division for three months before disappearing. It was thought the phenomenon might have escaped its cell after charming one of the guards. Its house cat facade tricked even the experts of Redwood Bureau into lowering the security level for its containment, ultimately leading to an easy escape. Mr. Tom is out there somewhere along with an untold number of other strays. Be careful what you let inside. Some things look like other things, but inside, there may just be something far more sinister at play. So stay cautious, even when the creature resembles but a typical harmless house cat. RBP report 0072 deactivated.
1: I'm Josh Tomar, host of Redwood Bureau. Thank you for listening. Redwood Bureau is a horror fiction podcast and part of the EerieCast podcast network. For more dreadful terrors, follow Redwood Bureau on Spotify and iTunes and check out our other podcasts like Unexplained Encounters and Freaky Folklore on your favorite podcast platform. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch under username Tomamoto, T-O-M-A-M-O-T-O, and my voiceover is featured in a wide variety of your favorite video games, anime, and other animated shows. Until next time, don't forget, this world is a strange one.